listening to Perspectives on Progress, a special edition of Capital Cast. I'm Rebecca Anzel. In this series, our team at Capital News Illinois is speaking with members of the Illinois Legislative Black Caucus about the effect of systemic racism on the state's communities. We're hearing from them about the specific societal, policing, criminal justice, education, and healthcare changes they say need to occur for Illinois to move forward. Today, in the sixth episode of Perspectives on Progress, we'll speak with Senate Majority Leader Kimberly Lightford. She is a galvanizing force in her chamber who champions big-ticket initiatives. You might remember her for sponsoring legislation to steadily raise Illinois' minimum wage to $15 an hour. Senator Lightford, a Democrat, is the first Black woman in Illinois to serve as that chamber's majority leader. She has represented communities in West Chicagoland since 1998. We spoke about her source of hope and how she does not want Illinois to miss its chance to address systemic racism. So I want to check first and, and see how you're doing. I'm doing good. I feel good just um, on the progress uh, that we've made collectively. I'm motivated. I'm inspired by all of the community. Um, I'm particularly just excited with the protesting that's happened over the last few days in a peaceful way and and not losing sight of the message. Uh, So I'm, I'm feeling really good. The last week was very emotionally draining. I think you and I chatted about this really quickly, but um, um, it seems like there's more hope now than than there was perhaps a week ago. Yeah, and, you know, although last week felt harder, uh, the last couple days, I think I cried the most. Um, It was just a matter of reliving your whole journey yourself. It it reminds you of your past to help motivate you moving forward. And so there's a sense of freedom, I feel. I just feel free um, um, with and and accept it. Uh, It's almost like I accept what's happened to me personally and that it wasn't a personal thing, but yes, it was, you know. And and then how can I... uh, move forward in a positive way and, and make sure that we continue with the movement and the message and, and really be able to make something happen, you know, something that's sustainable. Uh, I just want to see progress. What do you think it'll take to see that progress? Um, do you think more laws need to be passed or um, is it more of a societal shift maybe in the way we all think? Oh, it's all, it's, a, it's, um, both. I would say uh, all of the above. Um, I, institutional racism is, is, is systemic. It's um, children are are born in, in families where they're taught racism or, you know, um, there's so much social media about hate and racism and this is what our, our, our young people are seeing. Um, and and, and it, it shows up um and how we behave and treat one another um, as adults. And so um, if you're raised that way, uh, quite frankly, sometimes the, it's like, what's the issue? I don't see anything wrong. This is what I, this is what I know, you know? And so we've got to stop those, those are barriers to uh, really 
loving each other and, and living free and having honest conversations and accepting each other's cultures and embracing, you know, um, that, that's the whole societal piece of it. But then the uh, policy side of it is totally because the government um, was built at its core around racism. Um, and so it's pretty difficult to avoid it in policies when policies aren't geared to be supportive of, of challenges in, in poverty and, and challenges in denial and, and, and denial and lack of access. And it's hard to really cut through those barriers and cut the red tape to get to some, some things, you know, that could be meaningful and impactful and, and helpful. Um, all at once. And so you, we, we vote all the time. You know, it takes years sometimes to get measures done that can make a difference um, because we don't have that support from, you know, our own colleagues who don't understand the importance of what the black community needs or minority communities overall. Um, and and they're, they're just welcome to a system that they've been, you know, accustomed to. So I think that um, it's going to take um, implementation from the state agencies once we do pass laws. Um, how many of them go unimplemented um, or how many laws aren't followed? Um, and then who's the oversight authority to ensure that it's actually happening? And pretty much there isn't any. And so um, policy has to be driven to make sure that when we establish minority goals in procurement in the procurement process, or when we look to make sure that diversity and inclusion is a part of what we do, um, that's one thing. But those who doesn't feel the same way when they don't implement it and they're able to get away with it, then that's another. So those are just some of the challenges where I feel definitely policy and the way we think both has to take a major shift. And then of course you have to add resources to that. Um, when you're denied access um, in banking, um, it's very difficult to create and build entrepreneurs and, and, and it's very difficult for the development of small black businesses in, in their own community. And then when you, on top of that, um, those who do become successful in their businesses are unable to uh, participate in state, county, city, federal government when there's billions and trillions of dollars that are going out into the, the private sector, the corporation sector, but it doesn't land in black business, then that's still another a form of racism. Um, and then we definitely need more employment opportunities. You know, um, the best way to, in my opinion, is help a person is to allow them to work for themselves and become independent of government. And um, we need workforce development to be able to do that and some skill building and some opportunities to uh, gainfully gain employment. So um, there's a number of things. I think I can go on and on about you know, the foreclosure crises we debated about for, for years and asked for help where foreclosure was on the rise in, in, in black communities. And um, then you see the homelessness. 
I mean, mental health needs, violence prevention, uh, the list just goes on. Rectifying systemic racism, which has been, as you mentioned, sort of built into our country, so it's, it's existed for centuries, it seems like such a Herculean task. Like, where do you start? I think we start right where we're at. We're, we're in the beginning of a, a shift in a mindset and a change when I, I participated in a parade, uh, well, a, a march, excuse me, a, a, a protest and demonstration for democracy with so many people that were not black, who carry Black Lives Matter uh, banners, who feels like there's an injustice taking shape in our um, police, in our criminal justice system, um, and who are standing with us. I I've never, ever seen that done before. And I don't know if I'd ever see it again in my life. Um, and I'm hoping that's because it won't be needed. But I have I've, see the support and the understanding and the caring that um, is coming from all nationalities and all across the country. It, it's so beautiful. It's moving. It really is. And I'm appreciative. And I'm just hoping that they stay with us when we begin to push these policy initiatives and push for uh, support. I, I just hope they stay with us. Let me let me ask you, one of the things as a as a reporter that I'm interested to hear from you is um, is is what's what is the media doing that um, perhaps isn't helpful? Uh, is does there need to be a shift in um, our national conversation or our state conversation? Are things being framed correctly? Is there anything that you've seen or read um, or listened to? I guess that you know you heard and it stuck in your mind as something like eh, that's not quite right. Well, today I've not um, I've not turned on my TV. Um, I've I've only looked at what uh, my parents people sent me from yesterday um, because I, I had so many meetings back to back to back and to stay busy. Sometimes that just derails your thinking when you look at negative media and when, when the message is so far off and when, and when it wasn't captured as it should be. For me, those things are, are really uh, disrespectful and insulting. And I, I, for one, just didn't want to focus uh, in some negative energy. Um, I've got a, a couple Zooms more to go uh, for today. But um, I think the message um, has gotten off of the looting um, in many places, which is, is, which is the message. Um, is to not get lost in the looting. And I believe we uh, we simmered down quite a bit in a lot of places across the country. Um, and then I, I've been informed in a lot of the municipalities on the south suburb, uh, the arrests that they made were uh, arrests of mainly citizens that were from Wisconsin, Iowa, and Michigan. And not that that's any better, but it just made me feel better that not all of the looting was from individuals who, who live here. It was the whole perpetration that started the looting. It was people from outside of our state and city, um, and then those that had these needs took advantage of it. Um, and one of the mayors shared with us how, how it was organized looting. 
um, that they had walkie-talkies, um, they had U-Hauls, they would call police and say shots fired over this area and this area so that they could derail them, so they could pull up their U-Hauls in the back, bust through, and just rob the places. And so um, it was just um, that the the hatred that just came to Chicago to ignite the, the peaceful protest that originally started out for that. And then that weekend, we just had a weekend of looters come in and create all that havoc. Um, I'm just glad they're all arrested or gone and hopefully they won't come back. Is there anything that's, that's energizing you right now to keep, to keep pushing and, and keep calling for change or anything that's giving you hope? Oh yes. The people, the people who I can't I can't say it enough. All people who have shown support in any way um, have been completely inspirational uh, for me, and that is the motivation and the drive. You know, when when you when you're in a fight and you feel like you've been fighting alone for so many years, and then you're able to see people say, "Hey, I'm with you." You know, I support you. Um, I've had caucus members call me up and say, hey, Kimberly, whatever you need, I'm with you. Um, and, and speak of their experience that was much different from mine. Um, and say, you know, just let us know how we can help. I'm inspired by my colleagues who, who've done that. Um, I'm inspired by the governor um, and his willingness to uh, listen to us and help craft uh, something that's very, uh, that will be sustainable. Um, I, I'm inspired by um, my community. I, I'm totally I'm inspired by the young people who want to see change and want to see democracy. Um, I'm inspired um, from um, President Harmon. We had conversations, and I share with him that we will be coming forth with requests and and, and needs, and and he's open to supporting uh, those requests and needs and and so in working with uh, me and us. So um, I, I am completely inspired right now. And hearing the speeches from my colleagues um, who were part of the Joint Caucus of Black elected officials from every single level of government um, was, was moving just to be with them for four days in a row all across uh, Chicago, South and West Side, and South Suburban and West Suburban. It, it really, really inspired and motivated me. Before I let you go, um, is there something we haven't talked about that you wanted to mention, or do you have a message for Illinoisans who are listening? Well, my message for Illinoisans is I'm hoping that um, this is an opportunity that we don't miss, that we just do, just do not let this opportunity pass us by to unite us one and just to become one people in, in democracy. And we can do that through through change and, and we can do that through our process and the way we see and view one another. And um, I'm looking for something that's reasonable, something that's, again, sustainable, um, policies um, that can improve uh, conditions um, that have been um, tangled in institutional racism or in even sexism. I'm just hoping that we could um, take a different approach on how we 
uh, address this issue. And um, I'm just calling on us to remain calm and um, peaceful as, as we do this moving forward. Senator, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Have a blessed day. You too. That was Illinois Senate Majority Leader Kimberly Lightford. And you've been listening to Perspectives on Progress, a special edition of Capital Cast. You can find more episodes wherever you listen to podcasts or on our website, capitalnewsillinois.com. Capital Cast is a production of Capital News Illinois, a statehouse reporting project of the Illinois Press Foundation. Production assistance was provided by Sam Dunklaw, and our theme music is by Kevin McLeod. I'm Rebecca Anzell.